You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares the wisdom of the Hasidic master, Rabbi Kolonimus Kalman Shapira of Piazetsna. Through the Piazetsna Rebbe's various works, Rabbi Ami guides us on a unique path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine that is steeped in the Jewish mystical tradition. So we're going to uh, learn the next parak. Next, the next chapter in the Vasha. Where are you? Chapter four. I thought I thought once we got to the end of Gimel, were you here last week? I was not. No. Okay. Well, we got to the end of Gimel. Okay. I thought once we got to the end of Gimel, I was like, okay, that is the. It has like a self-contained um, piece of what the what the Rebbe is saying about Hasidut, but then I looked at Parak Dalad. <laughs> And I, I thought I couldn't, I couldn't help myself, um, that uh, to get another layer of, of depth and understanding what the Rebbe is really saying to us, it's an important parak. So uh, we're not going to read every word. We'll uh, we'll skip and dance a little bit, and I'll do a little summarizing as we go. Um, the last last thing that uh, the Rebbe was saying, just to kind of bring us in. Um, again, contrasting the derech of Hasidut, the derech of Avoda, as taught by the Bashem Bok and his students, with the derech of Avoda of Kabbalah that preceded Bashem Dov. Um, okay. So, so all along in Paragimel, he was talking a lot about the sort of shift in emphasis from something that was really focused through the mind as the main access point of, of touching godliness, of accessing like divine hasaga and awareness and all these things, kavana, that all the avoda of kavanot and yichudim in the Sifra Kabbalah is something that's like a, a mental meditation. And dafka, something that somebody has to sort of transcend the body's experience to, to really attach themselves to. So that's why it was also only certain like tzadikim who were very pious and refined and went through this deep training to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Masha Enkain, the Baal Shem Tov and his students are, are teaching a path where in, in the Piyazasana's language, the light of God penetrates throughout all of the vessels, even into the walls of the vessels, into the granular physical material existence itself. So the last piece he was saying was that he was quoting from the Sikha Hasidut that when the Kavanot now, we don't need to be thinking about some kind of divine name as if like a, a code word for something that we're meditating on intellectually, but that the arousal of our own emotions, our own sensations, our own visceral embodied experience is the ikar kavana, the ikar of the yichud, of kuchabrichu and shchintek, of, of touching godliness in this moment, is something that's accessed mamash through, through our, our skin and through our emotions, through our experience in the moment, not just through some kind of disembodied meditation. Okay? Um, and just the last words he, he said, and then we'll come to this new chapter, is, you know, I, didn't, I don't think we read this last week, but that, um, not only does, is the Derech what's called Avodah where there's, there's like a lot of activity and a focus on, on the, the body's 
um, engagement in avoda and, and, and passionate and enthusiasm. But he says, Chasidim will sit around drinking l'chaims. Could sit there and drink l'chaims. Bichlal tziva b'al shem tov v'tachbulot shivakesh lo ha'ish k'mo shavenu. He says, Bichlal b'al shem tov. We're at the end of the this paragraph. Okay, Bichlal b'al shem tov taught that we have to find all kinds of ways that we can to attach ourselves to God. We have to come up with new and clever underground pathways. It's not, there's not only one route. We have, to, we have to find routes everywhere we are. So you're drinking, you're eating, you're with friends, you're in a conversation, you're shopping. Get clever. Not in a sophisticated way. Make, make all of those interactions ways of, of connecting with God. And also with what's called a tachbulah, like a strategy. But again, not with some kind of calculated, like sitting there with analyzing charts, but... But being creative, being creative with your body. How can I How can I arouse my senses right now in this moment to become part of my avodat Hashem? And to use all of my body's um, sensations and inclinations and impulses, use all of that for kedusha. What we saw from the Chose, he. He said before, the Chosa says, you might think, how can I daven with love for God? I don't feel love when I wake up in the morning. I don't necessarily feel love when I open up my sitter. So the Chosa said, think about things that you love. Think about people that you love. Takes time, just think about. He says, think about your children. He says, think about your money. You, can, you have care for your money? Does that get you? Ah, Okay. Once you, once you can use something in your life where that midah, that quality is arousing you, now you have the midah, you can let go of the, of the object. Now you've aroused it, okay, daven from that place. Mm-hmm. You've, you've touched the point of attachment in you, you're attached to your money, gesundte hate. Get, get, connect now with your point of attachment and use that as, as to drive your devotion. These are the tachbulot we're talking about. These are those sort of underground pathways of, of, of finding our our way to connect to God in, in not only all of our interactions in our life, but, but also through the honest relationship with who we are and what we're composed of in this moment. I am not some great tzaddik who wakes up in the morning and can't take a breath before praising God. Okay, so given where I am and who I am and what I am, how do I use my kohot, my qualities, my midot to to engage in holiness. Yeah? There's something very real and grounded about that. So we don't necessarily have to have a but we use the Vivekus to something else and as soon as we have that Vivekus we reapply it to Akos Bakos. So you, you could say that it's dvekus in something else, the, the sort of um, razor's edge, kind of dangerous distinction I would make here is that in the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov, there is no something else. In the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov, dvekus is dvekus. Your attachment happens to be towards the money. You look at it and think that it's money. In its deepest, deepest truth, it's actually part of this divine reality too. However, 
the, the dangerous razor's edge that I'm talking about here is my avoda has to be to, to, to yes make distinctions. I do have to distinguish at least in, an, in, a, in most stages of our development. I'm going to have to distinguish my love for money with my love for holiness. But at its core, and this is, this is what the Rebbe said explicitly, you might think, well, you're mixing apples and oranges. Let's see, let's see if it's words here. You're mixing, uh, I'm not gonna, you're mixing apples and oranges. You're love for money, love for God, they're two different things. Everybody's saying no. No, because we're, when we're taking that perspective that's all inclusive, we, we recognize that even if I can't see it or understand it or relate to it in, a, in, in this way in my present state, I am participating in Kedusha in this way too. So I'm going to take the Kedusha of me that belongs right now to something that I'm perceiving as other, and I'm going to incorporate that into something that I can clearly see as godly. And maybe the more I can do that, my perspective will truly expand and include more and more things too. Does that make sense? Tough. So, yeah, let's get into the next parak here. Um, so he goes like this, parak dalad. Bichlal, ain't divrei limud v'hit amkut hasechel la'atzma b'chasidut, he says, generally speaking, matters of learning and hit deepening of mind and thought, right? Kind of deep thought and, 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 and analysis and, and, and kind of mental meditation, le'atzma unto itself, does not appear in Chasidut like it does in with regards to Kabbalah. Which he says, meaning that in, in terms of, of Kabbalah, the, the Ikar, he says, is the, the deepening study of it, to come to, to deeper and deeper understanding. Now, I want to just take a moment before he goes on, just even if you just look at Mosifrei Chasidut, it's most of them, okay, well, there's, there's different kinds, but Mosifrei Chasidut, it's like little trash, a little portlach. It looks like it's like little, a couple paragraphs on a Pasuk. Right? Couple, it's not like. Whereas the, the Jerusalem of the Arizal is like one Jerusalem can go on for, for tens of tens of pages with, with different branches and, and, and paragraphs and subparagraphs and, and footnotes. And there's there's a, a broad and deep intellectual engagement that's required to really study and come to, to come to understand Divrei Kabbalah. And he's saying in Chasidut, the intellectual exercise unto itself does not appear in the same way. Now, I'll make one distinction and say that some of the Chabad Svarim are, are different. You have Dafka in, in, in Chabad. Uh, some of the Rebbe's were very analytical, prolific, systematic writers who wrote Mamash, these endless essays dealing with concepts inside and outside and every kind of broken down element of them. But he says, generally speaking, Generally speaking, when it comes to engaging with Hasidut, it doesn't have the emphasis on 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 mind and thought that it that that we have in, in engaging with Kabbalah. Umikol makom, he says. However, kol ha'iyunim va'kabbalah af ofan akavanot mitraim b'chasidut b'mar'achadasha. However, nonetheless, even though the the approach the approach and again generally speaking seems to be distinct in this way. All iunim, all of these deep matters in Kabbalah, even the matters of kavanot, of the actual practice 
of Kabbalistic intentions and meditations. They appear in the articulation of Chasidut, in the teaching of Chasidut, in a new appearance, in a new light. Through the lens of Chasidut, so all of the all of these matters of Kabbalah, they, they appear there, they're so <coughs> present in every word of Hasidic teaching that, that you can't even begin to understand any of the teachings of the Baal Shem Dov or his students without an understanding of Kabbalah. And it's not that the teaching of Chassidut has, has changed any of the teachings of Kabbalah that preceded. However, nonetheless, all those teachings are, are, are enclosed in, a new, in, a, in, in somewhat of a new appearance, of a new form. Tzurat ha-Chassidut. It's in the appearance, in the garb of Chassidut. I, I can't... It's only so much that I can actually explain and, and, and in detail and describe what that, what that difference, that distinct flavor, that distinct appearance is. And only somebody who spends a lot of time studying the books of the Kubalim, and also the books of Chasidut that are dealing with Kabbalistic matters. Only that person who's really spending time reading these things can, can get that sense for themselves. The fi matzav hasagato, according to, in their own way, they can get a sense of it. It's something that you know if you spend time looking at it. Mikomakom, however, He says, however, the little bit that I think that I can explain in a mitzumtzam way, in a limited degree, to a limited degree, here's what I have to say. You, you just, it's just something so both human and honest and, and beautiful about just saying, I'm going to tell you something and, and the truth of it, I can't really tell you. You will know it if you know it. And I'm going to try my best to tell you the little bit that I think I can say. Yeah? Like, like the Rebbe, in, in a sense, what he does many times, he's he just like, he hands over the keys. He says, you know, this is the truth of these things that we're talking about. This is for, for you to discover and to know in your, on your own. And I'm going to distinguish what you're going to know from your own from what the little bit that I think I can add. The written Torah speaks about God in human terms. God's eyes, hands, feet. Yechezkel even said, even more so, I see on top of the divine throne, the Kisei HaKavad, I see an image of a person. All the commentators say, to think that God is a physical being with a body and limbs like us. It says in the Torah, you didn't see any picture, there's no image to see, to behold. It's only to engage our sensibilities, to, to speak to the ear in a way that we can comprehend that the Torah is speaking, the Torah and the Nevi'im are using these terms. 
However, above in the godly realm, there are no such, there are no our hands and eyes and, and ears and, and bodies. And when it comes to Sifri Kabbalah, almost all of it is using the imagery of the limbs of the, of the human body. Adam Kadmon, the supernal, primordial human being, Gulgolet, the skull, Se'arot, hairs, Gimoreshin, the different, the three heads, the three qualities of head, throat, back of the neck, heart, body, right arm, left arm. The whole thing is using the imagery of the human limbs. Train shoking, the two thighs. And, and, and likewise, just as we said with the Torah Shabbat and the Mepharshim of the Shabbat the, the Sifrei Kabbalah and the Mekubalim are also, always also saying, when we're talking about the body, these are all Derech Masha. We're talking metaphorically. We're talking as if. It is symbolism. You know, almost every single Kabbalistic Sefer has an introduction of one way or another that says, don't take this in the wrong way. <laughs> it's like every book has a warning. Some of them, it's a paragraph, some of it's 12 pages. You know, talking about the, the dangers of what's the hit Gashem, the Gashem et to to think of God as being some kind of thing, as having a body. He goes on here and he starts to, to give a few examples from uh, quotes from the Arizal, first in the Sefer Kanfeyona, where, where and, and here I'll, I'll read a little and, and, and paraphrase a little, where it's Brandonim the Ari. He says, Specifically, in order for us to just have a comprehension of something, to understand something that we're talking about, we're given permission to draw analogies to divine reality with evarim gufanim, to speak about God through the symbols of the human body, through the uh, metaphors of the human body. As it says in Eov, from my flesh I behold God. This, by the way, this pasuk is to be found throughout the writings of, of Sifrei Kabbalah and, and Chassidut. It's, in a sense, it becomes a central motif through the body, through my flesh, through my skin. I can get a glimpse of a perception of God. However, the Ariza warns, make sure that your thoughts are, are clean here and 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 and, and, and proper understanding. To understand there's no such thing up above. We're not talking about what, what things truly are. Even before the, the atzilut, before the um, emanation of godliness into form, into expressivity, we have nothing we can't even speak of. So the, up above, there's nothing to speak about beyond this, beyond a certain point. However, is the part that the Rebbe is focusing on. Once we comes into the world of Sfirot, of the of the expression of God into existence, into this kind of reality, so we can start talking about Mashal and Dimayon. We can start using the symbolism and the metaphors to understand and speak about them. So you know this, that the, that the svirots themselves are mapped onto the human body, from the, the crown of the head to the, to the I mean, there's, it goes throughout, all the, the face and the hairs and etc., but into the arms, into the, to the torso, 
all the way down to the to the bottoms of the feet. So so what this is all being said here as by way of introduction is to understand these things when we talk about it on mapped on the human body, we're talking about we're using mashal, using analogy and metaphor. He goes on to quote from from the Ramak, from Ramos of Cordovero in the Pardes Rimonim. And the Ramak says that well, what the Rebbe first says is that but 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 to understand it a little more deeply, this mashal between the human body and godly reality, it's not some arbitrary metaphor. It's not like using what he says here. It's not like Mishle Shualim or Mishle Kofsim. We're not talking about like uh, Aesop's fables here. We're talking about foxes and and uh, and the laundryman and the. We're not just using random symbols to talk about divine reality. He goes on and quotes from, 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 from the Ramak that <laughs> the human being truly is a image, right? We're created bidmut, created in the divine image. Where we are, our bodies, our, our, our makeup, our composition into our limbs as they are is some kind of reflection of a higher surah, of a higher truth. He says that human being, we are tzel elyon. It is like a shadow from above. Shanit gashem dmut that has taken on physical form. Babua elyona shanit chait From a, a reflection from on high that has been cast cast and distanced into a worldly reality. So the Ramak is saying the body, our limbs, our form, it's not an arbitrary mashal that we're using because we are created in, in the divine image. However, and this is where he's still making a distinction, it is not to be taken as a one-to-one correlation. It's not a literal image. It's not to say like we're a photocopy but we're some kind of further expression of a the truths of the divine reality that's been sort of pushed, distanced, and, and find, finds itself in its embodied form in our world. That's one way that the Rebbe is now bringing together um, the words of the Mekubali Mekodmonim to, to speak about what it means to talk about God through human symbols. He goes on to say here that since this world, according to these perspectives, is called this world and, and human life is ketzel min olomot it's like a shadow of what exists in, in this truer reality above. And where is true reality? It's, it's up there, bamarom, on high. Yeah, and, and this is some sort of Shadow, shadow of that, right? So he goes on, he says, so therefore, where do, do our actions become meaningful? In what way do our actions become meaningful? In what way can our actions and intentions become meaningful? Again, through that paradigm where I can somehow elevate myself a bit beyond the encasing of this worldliness to contact the reality on high, the Marom reality. And again, back to what we've been discussing the last few weeks, 
where the the approach throughout many generations was that the spiritual work, the deeper spiritual work and point of contact was by contacting soul beyond the body, beyond the body. Through mind and beyond mind, but not through the body. Okay, this is the distinction he's been making until now from the, the earlier stages of, of, of this teaching that preceded the Baal Shem Tov. Now we're skipping to that, that paragraph. And in, in this path, all of the understanding, the comprehension, the learning in Inyane Kabbalah and Kabbalistic matters was, was exclusively focused on Dvarim Shanim Tsaim Sham Bamarom. What am I meditating on? What am I studying? What am I speaking about? We're talking about a higher reality, about the reality up above. What's going on in, in, in God's world, not on the ground in our reality, but something that's that's up, up and beyond. All of the all of the um, symbols that were that we speak of in these in these farim of of nicknames, other other ways to describe the divine qualities and the svirot and the and the limbs of the body. Like he said, until now, it was all understood as derech mashal, as, as by way of analogy. This is a way for us to speak about it that we can understand and comprehend. It was not quite what what we had before when when he said, you know, it's merely some kind of distant metaphor. No but it's a shadow of the shadow. We're speaking in the language of the shadow, the distant reflection of, of what those divine matters are. He says this, in, in short, in brief, was the perspective, the pathway of Kabbalah to the degree to which we had permission to enter into these matters until the unfolding, the revelation of Chassidut. But once the Baal Shem Tov began to illuminate the light, the beginning rays of the light of Mashiach, and the repair, the healing, the revelation of, of future, and, and revealed the holiness of the vessels themselves, of material existence. The lowest regions and realms of reality. So what he came to show was, in, 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 so right now in, in a Kabbalistic articulation, Olam HaSiyah, this world, this worldness, it's not as distant from those higher realms as we may have thought. It's not seen as something so other and distinct and cast away. There's not this gaping hole between our reality and the divine realm. We're also reaching and touching and adjoined with the higher realms. 
we're not, again, we're not this kind of cast away globe floating there in space where the divine reality is, is elsewhere on the other side of the, of the wall, so to speak. It's not so much like the difference between a shadow and the thing that is casting the shadow, right? Which is how he said it, it was perceived before, that our world is, is like a shadow and the real thing is the real thing. All of the realms that God has created, they're all holy. They're all holy. The distinction is not in their essential, inherent holiness or even what they are, in essence. The distinction is in the, the level and the degree. It's a difference in, 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 uh, in degree, not in, not in essence. Skip down a few lines. Listen to what he has to say here. Why do we have to force ourselves to say that all things spoken about God's holiness in the Torah, in the words of the prophets, but Talmud, the Zorah Kadosh, and the Gemara, and the Midrash, and the Zohar, Shirak Mashal Umilitsa. Why do we need to force ourselves to say that it's all merely metaphor? That it's all as if, just to help us understand what it means? And to say, oh, we only use those words because that's what we call it. Yeah, we only say the hand because we know what a hand is and that's how it works in our world. Why can we not say that these two are real? These two are true. These terms. Why can we not allow ourselves to say no? These images of, of speaking of, of the body, of things of the world... They're not mere metaphors. It is what it is. It is how they are above and it is how they are below. Is this world and all that fills it not also holy? It is all levels and qualities of the divine in in that reality that we call God's kavod, God's honor, glory, shining and filling all existence, all earthly existence. And on all levels of reality, above, below, all holiness, these matters exist. And these are called by these same very names. A hand is a hand when we're talking above and when we're talking below. We don't have to say when it says Yad Hashem that we're saying, no, 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 no. The thing is, Yad Hashem, we, we have a hand, but God is, 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 is not something that has to do with this world. So we only use a hand to symbolize something that has nothing to do. The whole thing leaves us 
feeling like, wait, wait, so God really has nothing to do with this world? So they're, Rebbe's saying, no, no, we have, to, we have to take a much different understanding here, which is that our world too, and, and our bodies and, and physical reality is an outgrowth of the divine. So the way things appear and the way they are and the way the Torah and the Chachamim are talking about them, when they're speaking about Kedusha and divine reality, that is what they're calling it because that is what it is. There's, there's a, this is Zerashi. Zerashi, I think this is somewhere in, um, somewhere in Parsha Peshalach, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, I don't know, you have to check. There's, there's one Rashi where, where the Torah says like, about Hashem's hand. And Rashi says, Yad Mamish. Yad Mamish. A real hand. Hand Mamash. Don't, no mistake, no mistakes here. I have to ask Rashi, you know, what he, what he was thinking. But, uh, but Rabbi's saying, don't, don't, let's not force ourselves to say that the Torah is only speaking in metaphor. And let's not force ourselves to, to assume that our world is only some kind of distant metaphor. Let's take the perspective that our world is emerging from the, the source and from everything else, and that, that we live in this sort of telescopic reality where things take more and more material and concretized forms as they get, as they draw from the godly source to the earthly appearance. But, but, but we don't have to force ourselves to say that, that they're not related, that they're not connected, that they're not participating in one reality, because they are. Do we, would we think that just because a person who's living in a material perspective and only sees things through that lens, does it mean, therefore, that that, a spirit, that spiritual reality doesn't exist because all they see is, is physical reality? And since the Baal Shem Tov, the core of the teaching that we've been discussing here is that when we look upon the world, we are beholding God. We are looking at God. And each person, according to their own degree of refinement, of developing that perception, developing themselves, sees the divine in the world. Why would we not then truly call that godly reality by its real name. He's saying, if I can see it to, to whatever degree it is in this world, because it is in this world, why do I need to say, no, but the name, but what you're calling it and what you're seeing is not the real thing. No. Let, let's get our language to align with the truth of our perception. And let's get our perception to align with the truth of what really is. Let's not impose our limits of what we can perceive on what 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 the truth of God is. 
when I read Yechezkel and Avi, and Yechezkel says, al kis, al hakisei. So, why should I then say, oh, okay, I know what a chair is. Yechezkel is talking about something else, trust me. Chairs are these things. When Yechezkel says he sees a chair, he means something else, but he's just using the word. A real chair is that. Right, so he's, the Rebbe here is saying, it's not really a mashal. What did Yechezkel say? The Rebbe is saying, it's a mashal. Zezeh. And it doesn't mean that Yechezkel's chair was this plastic chair either. I would hope not. <laughs> but the, the Rebbe, what, he, what he's, he's trying to do here is say, to, to break us out of the paradigm of thinking that what we see here and what we, what we talk about or read about or learn about in the godly realm are are these totally distinct and, 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 and different realities. Rebbe's kind of mashing it together. I'll just bring one more mashal of, of the Bashemtov. Bashemtov talks about uh, a, I think Rebbe Nachum brings this as well, a, uh, a group of people, um, like musicians playing music. And a group of people come and start dancing. And then there's somebody inside who, who can't hear. They're, they're deaf. And they stand there just looking at what's in front of them. Why are they dancing? Why are they moving this way? Right, this is in a sense, is, 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 this, is, this mashal is, is telling us like, God is going on in this world. And just because we can't see it or hear it, or sense it, or feel it, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. However, to the degree that we don't experience it, we're looking at the world and saying, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And in a sense, that's like a mashallah, like for the Basham, it's like a whole teaching. It's like, I'm, having the, I'm coming to teach that there's music. And, and you either hear the music or you don't. I'm going to read now a little bit more. Okay? He says, the study of Kabbalah, the meaning of it, didn't change. With the advent of Hasidut, the, the Kabbalistic teaching appears in this appearance of Hasidut. These matters, these discussions of, of, of higher realities, they're not metaphorical, they're not poetics, they are true. And they don't only exist above, they also exist in this world. They also exist within each human being. To the degree to which when you study the Kabbalistic writings of the Hasidic Rebbe's, when you read it, especially in the writings of the Magid, you read in the writings of the Magid Mikoznitz. You see the way that it's discussed, the way that the that the that the Rebbe's are, are discussing these ideas. They're speaking about them as on the higher realms and within the human being at the same time. They're talking about the worlds all at once. Lo b'derech mashal. 
It's not spoken about metaphorically. It's not saying, uh, by, by way of comparison, you can think about how a person does this. It's not even using something similar of this exists in a human being. When, when, when you're reading the Rebbe's speak about and teaching Divrei Kabbalah, they just speak to human reality. They don't say, let me draw an analogy for you. They're just talking about human reality and experience because this is the articulation of the, of the teaching. It's as if human beings are right there in the highest realms and all of those higher worlds that are being discussed are there within the person. They teach Kabbalah through the lens of human experience in life. We are not trained to, to, to orient ourselves toward God in this moment in this world. That is not our training. Not our religious training, not our not religious training, not our training as humans, not our training as Jews. It's a there's there's a radical reframe here, and this is why the, the Rebbe is saying that this is these these are teachings drawing from a future awareness that we're not at, we're not at yet, but it's teaching us and training us to start developing more of that sensibility. This is a teaching that's brought in the name of the Baal Shem Tov by a lot of his Talmudim. The Mishnah Perkei Avot says, Know what is above you. Right, you remember this this Mishnah? But look at how the how the Rebbe is explaining. What's the language of Chazal? Da malamala mimcha. Pshad is know what is above you. The Hasidic teaching on it. Da malamala mimcha. To know, know what is above from within you. Because up above and within you, it is truly one. Even this pasuk, which we mentioned before from Eov, from my flesh I perceive God, which appears in, in a lot of the Sifi Kabbalah as introducing the metaphor, the analogy that's going to be drawn. The, the emotions, the qualities, the midot. Through the teaching and articulation of Hasidut, we don't need to take that pasuk anymore as drawing metaphor and analogy. Rakhu hu kanal. Rather, it is it. Mibsari echza aloha. Bipshat. From my flesh I perceive God. Actually, from my flesh. Actually, God. That perception. Hu hu, says the Rebbe. It is what it is. The thing is, when you when you read psukim in Torah and you read them pshat, you actually read the the literal meaning. It tends to be the most radical understanding of what that pasuk is saying. Right, you just think the psukim you brought, 
ועל הכיסא כמראה דמות האדם. מבשרי איך זה אלוה. It is פשט. but rather their teaching in this world was drawing divine reality into earthly reality. It was birthing more soulful and breathing more soulful existence into this world. These teachings were not teachings. These teachings were hamshachot, were drawings of divine reality. The opposite is true. All of the see, all of the um, the the thought that that they shared, all of the understandings they shared, were actually outgrowths of the hamshacha that they drew. Were the the understanding that came to them from being able to draw more godly access into the world. So, so therefore, we can justifiably now raise, raise a, a, a analogy and say, Through the teachings of Kabbalah, they... they bent down the heavens, bent down the godly realm to reach to reach the Chochman Bina, the, the faculties of understanding, of comprehension. The, the teachings of Kabbalah allowed us to understand something about God. He bent down the heavens to reach our understanding. And from that place of understanding, a person could gaze from a distance upon the Yoshev Shamayim, the one who sits in the heavens. Ve'achasidut, and chasidut, gam barachov hitzia et shmei shamayim. Chasidut spreads the heavens onto the streets. Ve'gam et habayit, ha'aliyah, and the home, the attic, the basement, teachings of Chassidut filled every corner of the house with heaven. And the one who sits in heaven, Adam Himlicha. 
teaches of Hasidut crowns the one who sits upon heaven within human being themselves. It's a, it's a, it's a poetic image. I'll, I'll try to say it in English. He's saying the, the image he's bringing here is that the teachings of Kabbalah brought heaven down to us in a way that through our minds we could get a, get a long-distance view of God. He says the teachings of Hasidut spread the heavens out into the streets, filled the home, filled the attic, filled the basement with heaven, and placed and identified the Yoshev Shemayim in the person themselves. The one who dwells in heaven can be found where? Within, within each and every person. Where do you find God now? Where do you contact heaven? In the street, in the basement, in your home. Where do you look for God? Where do you get a view of God through yourself, through your own being, through your own even experience, even through the body, even through the emotions? All of these realms that we are inhabiting are the place where we are turning to look for, for God, where we are being aware of how to contact God. It's, it's happening in the here and the now. There's so much to say about this. I don't even know if I, I, don't know if I should add to it or just let it sit. <laughs> you know? Um, if you tell us everything today, it won't make a difference. I can tell you everything today. It won't make a difference because it won't. It's not exhaustive. There's nothing. You talk and talk and talk, and it won't. It won't do it justice. I'll say one thing that's on my mind. He said the Balshemtov that whenever the Balshemtov met, met, met a person, he would shudder. He would shudder, just to to encounter another human being. He would tremble. Where does the king sit? The king sits in every person. And Hashem was bringing that perspective of encountering God in this direct, intense way. The other story I want to say is about the Pesachim himself. This is a story that I think about all the time. Pesachim wrote a perush on the Zohar that we don't have. It was lost, destroyed, I'm not sure what. We have one page of it. Printed in the Magnus book. He wrote a commentary in the Zohar called Rishimo Tazohar, Notes or Impressions of the Zohar. And the Hasidim said that, that the Rebbe's Perush on the Zohar was based on the insights he gleaned from meeting Hasidim in Yechidus and reading their Kfitlach. I'll tell you the story. Okay? I'll tell you a story. Stories that one, one Shabbos or Chag, the Rabbi was, was being visited by two other um, Admorim. And uh, Motzei Yantuv, they came to line up, to, they came to say goodbye to him, and there was this huge line out his door. All the townspeople, all the folks wanted to come and talk about their tsars with the Rebbe, and he was there taking people for hours and hours. The, these these Rabbanim, they called over the Rebbe's Shamash, and they said, you understand, your Rebbe is a tzaddik. You got to give him time to himself. He doesn't have to deal with all these people all the time. He's got to learn. He's got to dive, and he's got to meditate. He's got to do his avoda. The shamash went and told the rebbe this. The rebbe said, "Call, call them in." So he called in these two rabbanim, and they came in. And the rebbe showed them a piece of paper in front of them, and they're looking at it, and they see it's all these like it's these like scribbles and notes, like inyane kabbalah. They don't even they can't quite make sense of what's going on there. I said, "What is this?" 
He said, these are the notes that I'm taking when I'm meeting people. When people are coming to me to talk to me about what's going on, I'm taking notes during the meetings, between the meetings. Come back at the end of the night and we'll learn it together. Come back at the end of the night, we'll, we'll, learn, we'll learn together and understand something, what, what this means. The Rebbe wrote, do you understand? The Rebbe was meeting with people, talking to him about their human lives, their human issues, their tzoros, their hopes, their needs. And he was engaging with them and learning more and more deeply the secrets of God, the secrets of Torah, how to understand what God is doing in this world. And, and it wasn't he came and imposed his knowledge on it. He was, he, he was writing, he was writing what, was, what was emerging from those meetings. They were teaching him. He was learning from talking to people. That was his deepest limut Torah. He's still doffing that we'll find that parish one day. Yeah, I'm not sure if it exists, you know. But the story itself, I think, uh, <laughs> has a lot to say, yeah? This was his derek. This was his derek. And you apply this to all the things, you know, what, th- things that seem like very simple, like uh, the, the, the famous uh, teaching that was, was said by the Rebbe's students, that he would always tell them the greatest thing in the world is to do somebody a favor, do a tova for somebody. You think about what that means in this context. You think about what that means. A favor isn't a favor. It's not something small. People, interacting with people is not what we think it is. It's not. Well, it is, and it's much more than that. This is where it happens. That's the thing. This plane that we are living living on is where the real thing is taking place that we're engaged in. And the Rebbe is teaching us a way to, to bring that awareness and perspective to what we're, what we're doing, how we're living, how we're experiencing life. Of course, it's going to be very limited what we can, what we can really perceive from this. But that's the whole derech is about, is about developing this consciousness, developing this, this way of being. It's a gift for the Rebbe just to open the window for us and tell us that's let me, let me just explain to you just the, the perspective that I'm trying to share. Yeah? Question when, yeah. when, when there's time for a question. I think it's time. Yeah. Not that I had any clue before what the concept and point was of Lamala, but now I have no idea. Mm. What's the, what, what is Lamala and what do we need it for? Yeah. What is it? What's the <laughs> point? If, if it's... Uh-huh. And I don't. I didn't understand necessarily what we learned today yeah. either. But if it's, if we really are talking about like it is a chair up there, it is a hand up there. Then what is? What are we? What if if da mala mala mimcha? If yeah. if 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 mala mala mimcha, then what is lamala? What's up there? What is the what is the spiritual realm? Are we? It's what we're participating in now. We're participating in it now. This isn't all of it. What I perceive isn't all of it, but but this is my access towards it. What what I'll ask a, a kind of an opposite question. What what good does it do for me to spend my whole life thinking about there's something far over the rainbow that I'm like trying to perceive? Like what is that? 
Mm-hmm. Do I have a telescope to go? Do I have a rocket ship? Do I send my my prayers like on uh, airmail? Like what what am I even saying? What is this even about? Yeah. There, there's some kind of um, disjointed spiritual perspective that that births. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, this is not to say that the monkey I see is what there is. It's to remind me you're seeing a monkey. You're seeing a monkey. Work more, work more deeply to see the, to see the, the Adam. Work more deeply to see the Elokuts. In the back in Savazirus, there's a, in a sense, a prayer that the Rebbe, maybe I'll just read three lines and we'll end there, okay? Just read this from the Rebbe's journal. Olam, olam, he says, O world, O world, et sodcha eni yodea. Your secret I don't know. And to plumb your the depths of your secret, I cannot begin to in- inquire after. Because if I were to take any slice of you, you, the world, and to imagine that I truly comprehend it, on high they will see my thoughts as, as ridiculous. And even to my own eyes, I will look like an idiot. I'll be a fool to think. However, if I meditate on this, that, that truly all of that you are and all that you are is secret, a secret of the secrets of God. And the particular awarenesses, the particular ways I can come to know you. They are other hidden concealments of this secret. Each one is like, like the fool who, who can present itself as if he understands. In a sense, if I, if I remind myself and I'm aware that anything that I think that I know, I'm deluding myself because in, in truth, it's, it's just an encounter with secret, with another form of the secret. So then, when I gaze upon your secret, you secret of God, then there will be moments that I can be included among those who step into your mystery from time to time. Our holy teacher, the Baal Shem Tov, said that when a person looks upon you, that person is perceiving, is looking upon your master, Adon HaOlam. Vani, but for me, if I don't merit this kind of vision on an ongoing basis, and if I don't reach the level of gazing into the face of the Master, this I can say that I've glimpsed. Your Master is hiding within your secret and concealment.
God is hiding. If I don't get to really see God in the world, I can at least say that what I've glimpsed is that God is hiding in, this, in the mystery of the world, in the secret that the world is. It is not only that I've seen the concealment and what is absent. Rather, I've seen both the light and the concealment together. I have seen that the secret is itself light. The light of the secret. The light in the concealment. When I perceive that you are a secret, my heart and my soul are filled with awareness, with vision. And if I then try to understand, try to inquire, try to comprehend everything, it drifts away. There is already no more seeing, no more apprehension. Just hiddenness once again. You see what he's saying? As long as I can hold the perspective that I'm looking upon something that I can't see, that I'm looking at a secret, that I'm engaging in your mystery, then I can have a sense of, of what is here. And once I try to make it no longer a secret, once I try to understand it and explain it to myself, and it's gone. I'm right back. I'm right back. Hidden from it. Why do you why are you so evasive? Why are you so hiding yourself, O worlds? Why do you allow fools to say that you are this material existence, devoid of godliness, when in truth you are the window into the king's chamber? Why do you um, exhaust the heart? and oppress the thirsting soul. Haser et hamasach. Pull away the curtain. Lift the screen. Ve'efsa derech pitchacha el makom kedoshenu. And I will walk through your gateway to the place of our Holy One. Visham et ba. And there I will drown. Wow. Rabbi is begging the world to open its Curtain for him. I'm going to stop here. He goes on. It should be like Psalm 151. This is <laughs> Psalm 151. That's incredible. <laughs> he goes on and on. But he's, this is, this is, you're asking, well, well so like we read all this stuff, well, like, and then what, right? So what? I just put on the, 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 the funky glasses and I can see, no, the Rebbe himself is, is crying his whole life for, after this. This is this. So this is the gift the Rebbe is giving us in these, 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 these teachings, these, these prakhmi we've been learning. He's, He's teaching us to, to begin to get a sense of there being so much more to what is here than what we tell ourselves it is. And if I be, can begin to kind of un, un, unwind the story that I've been telling myself about what the world is so I can make more space for the, the secret to be present, for the the what it really is, to touch me a little more. 
again, not in a way of making it small and concrete and, and, and confining it, but in a way of, of loosening, loosening the reins, loosening the, the, the perception on it, and, and, and letting it speak and show a little more, show a little more. Be touched by the, by the, the secret. Yeah. Or the hiddenness. The hiddenness, yeah. To join God in hiddenness even. Yeah. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Kohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.